Hello, Church Collective. Welcome to another episode of the Church Collective podcast. Today, I am joined by an absolute dear friend of mine, Dan Rogers. Dan, I would love to welcome you to the podcast, and I would love also to introduce you. I fear if I did, I would speak for the whole podcast because I would just list all your amazing attributes and giftings. So why don't you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, uh, about your work and your heart for the church. Over to you, Dan. Hello, well, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Dan, um, and um, I have been working for the Church of England for the last five years, um, helping people start um, small kind of uh, congregations or in your language collectives. Um, and I have a wife, I have two kids, um, I talk too much, um, I'm not very diplomatic, um, and I have lots of opinions. So here- That's here why go. you're here, Dan. We here wanna hear your podcast. opinions. Um, it's good, it's good. Someone, people have called me opinionated, which I, I don't, I don't, and, and it comes across as like an offense. And I just think, well, I don't have a problem with having opinions. Um, you might do, <laughs> um, but I don't, so there you go. Um, yes, I am. I am in my forties, so I have some experiences, but not as many as someone in their sixties. So there you go. So, so that's maybe a kind of a measure on on me. That's amazing, Dan. Tell us a little bit more about your work for the Joshua Centre, which is this um, this program that you've been running these past five years. Just because because it speaks. Well, to be fair, we speak the language that you have been speaking for five years. Uh, we've we've sort of taken so much of what we're doing at Church Collective as a result of what the Joshua Center has been doing. So just just tell us in brief a little bit more about that. That'd be great. Okay, so um, the Joshua Center is a project which um, has a tagline of multiplying congregations. Um, and the key word there is um, uh, multiplication. So you can get into that, um, uh, you know, on a number of levels but the, the simple idea is that if you have if you, it's just a, it's just a really nerdy thing about maths right if you if you think um back to you know stay with me if you think back to genesis and god thinks i want to fill the earth with people how does he do it he does it through families that multiply he doesn't say to adam and eve have um six billion children um and if you apply that to making disciples, you know later on in the bible uh, in the story god wants to fill the earth with disciples of jesus so he doesn't just say to the church in jerusalem um, okay so grow a church of six billion he says well um you know uh the same principle applies going kind to of go into, into Judea, Samaria, you know, the ends of the earth. And, you know, the, clearly the idea is that you, you multiply out groups of people, groups of disciples of Jesus. And that's what um, we've been trying to do uh, with the Joshua Centre is start lots of small congregations. And when they get to a size of about 30, we, we think to ourselves, well, can you go again? You know, it, rather than growing to 60, 70, can you start another one? And it's great to see Church Collective, what you guys are doing there, because that really is um, one of the best examples in the diocese of people who are um, starting small and going again and going again, starting new collectives. Now, obviously, you don't want the same people uh, leading lots of collectives for very long. Um, but at a startup phase, th that's um, that's great. And so uh, it's, it's great for me to see what you guys are doing, because it's an it's an extension of what what I've been trying to help other people do in in, in and across the diocese. Uh, so, yeah, and, and we've seen we've seen 30, we've seen 45 kind of congregations start and 30 is still going ish. Um, and 
Uh, I think that's probably good to bear in mind. If I was to say one thing to Church Collective, it's like allow yourself a, a failure rate of, of at least a third, at least kind of 30 to 40 percent, because that's just life. Um, and if you if you want a failure, if you want a success rate of 100 percent, then you probably can get quite stressed. Um, but a failure rate of, of 30 percent is pretty normal. So that's that's what we've learned. And I just w- would pass that on, really. And that's so helpful. That's such that's such good advice for us to hear. And um, the congregations that we have, these collectives in our language, congregations in your yeah. language, um, are so good for us to hear. I mean, I, I would, and I'm not being pedantic here, I wouldn't say that the 15 or so that are no longer in existence were failures. That's quite a strong word. And I know that, <laughs> um, I say, I'm not, I'm not being pedantic what you're saying, but no, I think I, that, I, I think that they, they try something, they pursued what they thought God was calling them to do. And yeah. then maybe it wasn't exactly what God was calling them to do, or maybe it was, and that they learned lessons through it, which therefore impacted their discipleship in different ways. They would have clearly met different people in the journey of planting out, even though they're still not in existence. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a failure, but for for us to hear that, that, you know, say in a year's time, um, maybe one or two of the collectives that we currently have are no longer in existence because either the leader or the group have sort of disbanded into either different collectives or different ministries you know that's not that's not a bad thing it's just it's just how god uses people how uh, the world functions in the church around planting and multiplication and people's discipleship journeys and so on but yeah so 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 helpful i think as well just to reflect on the joshua center in comparison to what church collective are doing um Dan, my understanding is that you were going to an existing parish church yeah. and within the parish, um, encouraging people to think wider than their church building, uh, wider than the reach of people that they were currently having in the parish and thinking, how can we set up a new congregation um, either in a school or a community center or X, Y, and Z? outside of the church building going to where the people are so that people who the parish church isn't currently reaching um, feel that they can step into that space and know who jesus is rather than have the barrier of say a church building or mm. a tradition that that parish church had which you know, in, in many cases can be a barrier. In many cases can be so welcoming and opening, but in many cases can be a barrier as well. And so I think for us at Church Collective, what we, how the difference is, is that we don't have that parish church yeah, yeah. and that sort of weekly Sunday service. Mm-hmm. What we have is the congregations in your language, these collectives, yeah. uh, week by week meeting, and then every so often we gather together. So we've actually just had a gathering. Um, and that actually leads me uh, on quite nicely to what I was really wanting to talk to you about today, Dan. In the gathering that we just had, um, yeah. I preached on um, the great reversal. Dan, and Dan, it's actually Dan. something, uh, yeah, it's something that Dan, to be fair, I need to claim to everybody that it it, it wasn't my thinking, it was, it was yours and that in conversations that we've had over these past few months and years, that this is stuff that we've been talking about. So for you, Dan, could you explain what you see as the great reversal um, within the church? 
<laughs> well, I've got to be, be honest. Um, I thought I'd come up with the idea and then I read a Tim Keller book. Uh, and then I read the words of the great reversal in that. And I'm not sure it isn't in a Tom Wright book as well. So like everything, all ideas are recycled. Um, <laughs> so um, this, it's good to be straightforward. I, I think anyone, anytime anyone comes up with a new idea, I think of um, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes and Solomon says, there is nothing new under the sun. Um, and so, so there you go. But I would, I would say um, there, is, there is a, so where it came from for me was, it was towards the end of lockdown and someone who you all all know well called Mark Wilkes um, sent the current, uh, the worship team in that kind of a, kind of more traditional church a text message saying, how can we do things different coming out of lockdown? And I thought, well, oh, there's a good question. Um, and I didn't have an answer immediately. But then after a while, an idea came to me, which was, why don't we just reverse what we're doing? Why don't we do mission on a Sunday? Uh, and why don't we do worship and fellowship on a weekday in smaller groups? Um, and, you know, and that idea didn't particularly, you know, not with most like with many ideas I have, not many people kind of thought it was a good idea. Um, but I thought that's not true, idea. Dan. I love all your ideas. Right, right. You are in the minority. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, not, not many people think it's a terrible idea, but it's just the difference between I like the idea and I want to do something about it. Um, so, um, so I, I shared the idea and I thought this is a, this is a good idea because often what what traditional churches have done is they have small groups in which they meet for. And it kind of, after a while, it ends up being the same as what they were doing as big groups on a Sunday. And so after a while, people don't want to go to the to one or the other because they're like, what is duplication? So I thought, well, why don't we do And I am then often, what happens is mission gets done by specialists somewhere else. And I just thought, well, what if you swapped it around, then everything's getting done and no one's becoming professional in anything. Because if, if the worship's getting done midweek, um, then you don't get any professional kind of like, uh, bods who can claim that they're the worship experts and if the mission gets done on a Sunday then you don't get any kind of like organizations which can claim that they're the the mission and social outreach experts because everyone's doing it and then everyone's doing everything um, and then that sounds like a good idea to me in my small brain um, so that was what was going on uh, and and you guys are kind of kind of running with that really I would say so um, good on you. Well that's very kind of you, Dan. I, I think we are um, trying to push into it. And by no means do I think that we are um, in every collective getting it absolutely right as it stands. I mean, Church Collective, you all know this, Dan, you, you may have heard our values, but our, value, our values are we invite everybody to play their parts as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally. So within the collective, whichever collective that is, what we hope is that in the time that people have together, there is an element of creative worship. There is an element of the community gathering round together and loving one another generously, which of course we hope would spill out in the, in the week as well as people are meeting one another and um, sharing in each other's lives in a really positive and, and appropriate and healthy way. Uh, but also when we gather together, there is an element of serving locally, which is, I think is, is what you're hitting on the nail on the head with the great reversal is that when people gather together en masse, there is a sense that let's go out together to where the people are, not expecting them to come to us, 
And in some way, whether that be social action, whether that be evangelism, uh, whatever it might be, that we are serving people by proclaiming through either word or deeds, the love of Jesus. But Dan, like we're, we're nowhere near there yet. Um, and, and I really want us to, at Church Collective, push in this next season of working out what that looks like even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dan, have you, have you seen since this sort of concept that, that um, you know, whether the phrase or not was you or, or whatever, but this sort of concept around the Great Reversal, have you seen examples of that happen um, up to this point? Uh, no. No, you guys are the closest to it. Right, honesty. that feel. Everyone who's listening now is going to feel like I've answered that question, so that you answer it in that way. That's not <laughs> true, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, I promise. The, the problem with me is I've got no social polish, so I just <laughs> answer the question, and that's not always really very helpful. That's why I'm not don't work for the BBC. So uh, I tell you what, Dan. Question. I'll ask, ask you a different question. question. Ask yeah, you a different question then. If if we are, and it's and it's very humbling to hear that genuinely is, um, but as I say, I think we've got a, a heck of a long way to go. If we are at least pursuing a great reversal, where yeah. our gathered times are meeting not in church buildings, but meeting yeah. in community centres, in parks, meeting online, meeting in pizzerias, meeting in places where young people will gather and so on. Uh, I guess a different question then is, what advice would you give us mm-hmm. to enable us to even more fulfil the idea of what a great reversal could truly be okay well the the good thing is because you're starting um from the ground up you like you're starting you know you don't have a load of stuff that's been going on for 50 years um that you have to kind of kind of change or adapt you start you, you can start doing doing what you want to do I, and i think because you're starting in these little collectives um i i just think it's really simple just um if you just and it's it might sound weird i don't know who's listening really but if you just keep trusting and obeying jesus you can't go wrong uh so that's really all you have to do um when things start going wrong it's because someone someone with a big idea of something else other than trusting and obeying jesus decided to put that on top of trusting and obeying jesus uh, mm. And then, and then people stopped trusting and obeying Jesus because they started um, obeying the big plan that someone came up with that they thought was a good idea. But I don't know if it always is a good idea to to have another plan which sits on top of and distracts people away from trusting and obeying Jesus. So if you can just be simple about always ask the question: Does this does this new direction we're taking is this is this is this how the Holy Spirit is taking us? And this is, does this involve just trusting and obeying Jesus? And if if it does, then you're onto a winner. But if it, you're doing it because you're trying to fit in with some big master plan, even if it's the, the great reversal plan, and you think we're trying to do the great reversal now, da, 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 we're trying to do things different. It's like, well, it's probably going to be a distraction from from Jesus. And, and it's just, there is a, such a person as the devil, and he's not playing nice. And he will distract divert in any way and him and all his little minions they'll do it any way they want to any way they can and they won't always be upfront about it and sometimes that's in 
in kind of sneaky ways. And sometimes those sneaky ways are the big plan. So in a way, that's not very helpful because, you know, you know, you want to kind of get behind a plan. But that plan, if you've got to be ruthless about that, is this about trusting Jesus and obeying him? Uh, and if it helps us do that, then let's go for it with all our heart. And, but if it, if it starts to feel like this just doesn't feel like it's about Jesus anymore, this feels like about a program or about, a, a, you know, a big kind of idea that's kind of slightly just got a trajectory away from Jesus, then just, just be careful about that and just say, this has got to always be about Jesus. And if we can do this without Jesus, then we probably shouldn't. That's my advice. Don't do anything you can do without Jesus because... Why would you why would you want to do that? Oh man. At at the collective gathering, Dan, that we had a few weeks ago, if you're listening to us on the week of publication, um, but we had our first gathering the week after Easter 2022, uh, yeah. which is where all the collectives gather together in one place to celebrate all that God's doing um right. around the town and uh, worship together and, and hear a preach. And and the preach was, as I said before, on this concept of the great reversal. But I used um, the verses from Acts 2, 42 to 47, and I'm going to read them to everybody now. Yep. But the first bit of the uh, verse 42 says they devoted themselves. And I think that's such a link from what you've just said, which is devote yourself to Jesus, be fully led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. And I loved exactly what you said then, Dan. If we can do this without Jesus, well, should we be doing it? We should be devoting ourselves to him so that we are fully reliant upon him in order that we can then outwork the plan that he has for us in the various collectives that people are who are listening across this. But anyway, let me read Acts 2, 42 to 47, just to put that into context. Yeah. So it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who are being saved. Dan, what I was saying at the collective gathering was that there were clearly three elements to the early church, because when it starts at verse 42, when it says they, it's saying the group of disciples um, and followers of Jesus who have gathered together after the resurrection and ascension of Christ together as the first church and it's it's not new language again it's uh, recycled language but there's elements of up in and out and this is actually what our values are rooted on up being worship to god as we see there the devotion to the apostles teaching and to prayer the devotion to uh, the worshipping life of the church, both when they gathered, but then also when they were uh, scattered amongst the community in whatever way that looked like, their whole lives being worship. So when we, in our values, say we gather together to worship creatively, 
that is where this word up, as we physically like look up to God, that is an act of worship. In being community, and so I broke down where they had acts of community in the early church that we saw in this passage, when they broke bread together, when they had um, people who had needs, sold their property, sold their possessions so that nobody within the early church went without, so that everybody, everybody had all that they need. So there was this real act of generous love amongst the believers. And then they met together in community. But then if you think about the word out, what does that actually mean? Well, it means stepping out into something, going out into somewhere else. Well, we see the early church going out to the temple courts. And I was explaining to everybody at the collective gathering, Dan, that the temple courts was the marketplace. It was the place where people gathered. It was the the Starbucks and the uh, Warrington Market and the online sphere of today, the temple courts was the marketplace where people were gathered. So the early church went out in that, uh, not a great reversal for them because they, they said, yes, this is what we're doing. But for us, it seems like that's the reversal we need to get to because often within our churches, um, it's the out bits that is not equally weighted to the up, i.e. Yeah. worship, and the in, i.e. community time that the that the gathered church has. Mm. Preach ended, Dan, I promise. My, my next question to you then is this. Our collectives are all based around up, in and out, or in our language, yeah. worship creatively, loving generously, and serving locally. Yeah. If we're saying that we want a great reversal within the church, looking back to what the early church truly looks like, with the weighting that is, um, I would say, evenly distributed between hmm. up, in, and out, yeah. does our focus, and this is the question, does our focus on the great reversal, particularly when we're thinking about going out, potentially detracts from the other elements that are clearly within the early church, i.e. the up and the in. Mm. Uh, okay, well, I, I'm going to say no. Uh, I, I think if you, um, not everyone agrees with me about this, but but I just think if you think about the Jerusalem church that you're talking about in Acts 2, they, um, they, were basically doing their outreach in the temple grounds. So when you say they were meeting at the temple, I often think, well, what were they doing? They were doing evangelism because they weren't like having like these kind of mad sing-along sessions right under the nose of the Jewish leaders because they were in the, you don't go to a mosque and sing Christian worship songs, do you? Well, you might do, but you, it's going to go badly for you. Um, and equally, they probably didn't do like kind of like the worship side of stuff when they were at the temple. They were doing outreach there they were doing that's that's i think that's what they were doing and then when they were in the homes they were doing so they were doing out when it says they met in the in the thingy that was where the evangelism happened in the temple and then when they met in the homes that's where that's where i think that's the logical place where the the other things they devote themselves to like um the breaking of bread and prayer that was probably more likely where they did that um so um the answer to your question, do, do you detract from the other stuff if you do out first? I think, I think no, it, it's, it's the only way that anything uh, probably just continues to, to make, to make 
uh, sense really, because if you're not if you're not starting with mission, then you've got nothing. You just it's a bit theoretical. Everything becomes a little bit theoretical. You become a little bit disconnected from the real world, um, and you lose your focus, and you just start geeking out on kind of what you think about things and what you think about what the Bible says and, and a bit kind of disconnected from everything. So I actually think right opposite what your what the question is. I think if you start with that, it keeps your focus um, and mm. it makes your worship substantive and kind of uh, rooted in reality and in, in kind of current kind of culture because you're having to engage with current culture all the time. And then you're coming together having done that and reflecting on that and then going back into that. So I, to my mind, it, it makes perfect sense. Uh, so, and the last thing I would say is, if anyone's reading the book of Acts, the important thing to, to notice about that is um, the, the way they kind of did church does progress in different cities they went to. So just look out for that because the way the church met in Jerusalem was how the, different to how the church met in Rome. It was quite yeah. a different kind of setup. And a lot of people missed that. I got that off a guy called Neil Cole. It's like the church in Rome wasn't allowed to meet anywhere because it was persecuted. It was underground. It was, it was, you know, it was, um, it was forbidden uh, for, for a lot of time. And, and they were going to get in danger if they met all together. So they didn't. Whereas the church in Jerusalem, they were meeting in the temple courts and doing evangelism and no one really minded. Um, obviously, there were a few objections. Um, but there was a lot more freedom in Jerusalem. And then there's different cities throughout Europe where they were, the church was meeting and growing and expanding to. And they were kind of adapting to their context at, at every stage. So for Church Collective, when you go out and when you do your stuff, you've got to adapt to, to your context at every stage and the people you're trying to meet and connect with, um, just like they do throughout the Book of Acts. So you can take kind of inspiration from Acts as, as you do what, what you do. Dan, I, I love that. That's such a such an inspiration to hear because all the collectives will be different mm. and they will outwork their uh, creative worship differently. They'll outwork their loving generously differently and their serving locally differently. Um, but, and I think you would agree to this, but the, you know, the church at large throughout the different cities, um, even the Roman church, you know, even when they were meeting in the catacombs and, you know, they were dispersed, there would have always been, whether it was in secret or a bit more public, there would have always been an element of worship, the up, community in, and that out, the sort of serving locally the mission uh, side of things. Yeah, completely. So right. I think that, that, that that's really releasing to hear, Dan, that the collectives can look differently, um, but yet still holds that same DNA that we're placing down, which is, and I'll repeat our values, we invite everybody to play their parts as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then you just, well, well that's okay, but you're just a charity then, aren't you? Um, yeah. That's okay. But a charity and a church are not the same thing. So the church is the people of God uh, advancing the mission of God together and, and becoming like Jesus in the process. Whereas a charity is serving a specific aim, practically. And that's it. It doesn't do much more than that. So UNICEF is, the, is serving children. That's great. But it's not got a religious element to it. And if you don't do the in element of your stuff, then you're just functioning as a charity. So you can't forget the in. And, you can't forget the in and the up stuff. Because otherwise, you've just become like a kind of like a spiritualized version of 
you know, crisis or shelter. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you're just being a bit disingenuous. If you call yourself a church and you're not relating to God, it's like, well, you're not a church, are you? You're just charity. Um, so you might as well just call yourself a charity. Um, whereas if you're, if you're, you know, so just be, be, be what you say you are and do, do the whole thing. Otherwise, you're going to end up becoming something different. So as much as out sharpens everything and gives it context, if that's all you do, then you've stopped probably being a church because you're, not, you're forgetting about Jesus and relating to him. And that's kind of, it's a bit like, it's a bit like geeking out and buying your wife an anniversary present whilst at the same time not talking to her for six months. It's like, well, that's, <laughs> it's like that, well, that's, that's counterproductive, isn't it? Buying her an anniversary present when you stop talking to her is a silly thing to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What you need to do is do both. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Dan, we're going to draw time to a close. It's been amazing to talk to you. I'm just going to give um, the people listening to the podcast just a little plug. Uh, what you said um, at the end where we were just looking at Acts 2 then was uh, that within the home, there would have been that real sense of up, so worship and in community. And then temple courts, there would have been the sort of a bit more out stuff, that sort of evangelism, that proclamation of who Jesus was. And so within the collectives, we we do try to hold all three of those um, intention together. So going out, but whilst also worshipping and, and having community together. But we do have a, a second space, which we call Rhythm, which is a small group, sort of three to six people or so of the same gender who meet weekly together, either physically or over Zoom just for an hour or so to really go deep into the Bible. We, we read a Bible passage uh, slowly. We talk about it. We ask the two very simple questions. Uh, what's God saying to us and what we're going to do about it? And then we pray for each other. And there's that real sense of uh, digging into the, the word of God, that op, that prayer, but also that community, because as, as these small groups of people uh, walk through the journey of going deep into what God is saying to them in their lives, community really builds and grows. So if you're looking for something a bit deeper than uh, what the collectives are currently offering, we, we really want to encourage that you would sign up to be a part of a rhythm. So go to churchcollective.uk forward slash rhythm and all the information is there. Dan, I would love it if you would uh, pray for Church Collective um, as we draw this podcast to a close. My pleasure, yeah. Father God, um, I just want to ask that you would fill all the people listening to this podcast afresh with your Holy Spirit uh, today, even now. Lord, we ask you to send your spirit amongst um, these uh, precious people Lord, fill them from the inside out, um, illuminate their minds, give them understanding, um, put your fire in their hearts, give them an urge and, and energy and motivation and give strength to their, uh, to their bodies, to their hands and feet as they serve practically, Lord. Um, may they overflow with uh, words and with... Um, practical demonstrations of your spirit's power as they pray for people lord i just pray that this would be a something of a, of a supernatural move lord there's there's a lot of kind of nuts and bolts and straightforward practical stuff lord but i pray in addition to that let there be uh, a sense of um the moving of the holy spirit in and through all of their um collectives lord and may 
when they reflect on what's happened, may they look back and say, well, we didn't do any of that without um, the spirit of Jesus um, doing it in us and through us. We couldn't have. Uh, that wouldn't have been possible. And may they uh, give glory to you and with joyful hearts uh, because of all of that at the end, uh, as they reflect on what, what they have seen and heard and done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dan, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. All the best. We invite everyone to play their part as we worship creatively, love generously and serve locally. Thank you.